What are some of the top cybersecurity challenges that will be facing healthcare security leaders in 2018? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Sean Murphy, CISO of Insurer Primera Blue Cross. Sean is also a leader at the Association of Executives in Healthcare Information Security, a subgroup of the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. So, Sean, just for starters, you're a chair of a new collaboration between AHIS and the Medical Device Innovation, Safety, and Security Consortium. The collaboration is aimed at helping healthcare CISOs address critical medical device cybersecurity challenges. When it comes to medical device cybersecurity, what are some of the biggest problems and misconceptions that you think healthcare CISOs have? And how do you envision the collaboration between AHIS and MDIS addressing those issues? That's a that's a great question, and it's got a lot of context, especially for me, uh, and having been involved in uh, healthcare information security now for you know over ten years. And I think probably the number one misconception that healthcare information security folks have over the last couple of years has been almost a, an idea that we were you know you're in this alone. The issues that you're having with medical device manufacturers or getting medical device security integrated into your overall security management program was something that was either unique to your organization or you know no one else was asking for and i've seen over the last several years where and this is you know one of the features of the collaboration between um, mdis and uh, the ahis association for executives and healthcare information security uh, you know working together to build that interconnection of conversation if you will so that we we all have these some of these common concerns around medical device security. And so sharing information and to the extent we can share common experiences to help us instill best practices or even work with the medical device manufacturers to have more of a common voice to really bring about change in the industry. I think that's one of the the biggest misconception is that that you're kind of in this alone and no one else wants the changes you're asking for. So that's, that's been one of the biggest changes. So now, Sean, looking ahead to 2018, what are some of the top cyber challenges that you expect healthcare CISOs will be facing and why? And what do you hear from some of your colleagues as you work with other CISOs within AHIS in terms of what they're worried about? I'll follow on with the concept of medical devices because I think in 2018 that's going to continue to grow as a topic of concern. Along with my comments about how things were over the last couple of years, I think maybe the last year and then going into 2018, I, I kind of see a tipping point where the conversation about medical devices has really gained traction with, with regulators, with even medical device manufacturers and, and several professional groups that are aligned around information security to do, you know, a much better job of information sharing, of integrating and engineering security controls into medical devices, and, you know, doing a better job of of inventorying and managing devices that are on each of our networks. So I think 2018 looks like a year where that momentum is going to continue to build and more of the right people having the right conversations and taking the right actions. I think that's going to happen. So I'm pretty positive from that aspect. Um, but then, you know, with within healthcare, I, I think a couple of other concerns are still top of mind. First, I see more disruption in the industry around cybersecurity. I think 
even more than just data exfiltration as a concern. I, I, I see these ransomware attacks increasing. I see the denial of service attacks being more proliferated in more of an effort to disrupt the system, the critical infrastructure, uh, even more so than just trying to get at the data because I think there's there's even been a change in how valuable the information itself is. And I think more emphasis from the adversary, the nation states, the organized crime is in actually just disrupting either patient care or, you know, just the industry in general to create that panic and fear in our beneficiary populations of our information being unavailable or, or lost even. The other thing that I, I think I'd be remiss not to mention is I, I see a growing inability to to get talent in cybersecurity for healthcare. Uh, there's so many of us competing for what is, what is a very limited resource. And so talent acquisition strategies are, are going to continue to be top of mind for CISOs, trying to get the right people in the right mix between, you know, full-time staff and using our vendor partners and outsourcing arrangements to help provide the security that we need to do. There's just there's just not enough cybersecurity resources to go around. And, you know, healthcare is an industry where, as far as critical infrastructure goes, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of organizations that are competing for this uh, cyber, same cybersecurity talent. So it's a very difficult challenge, but it's one that we have to take on and, and, and try to uh, make work. You also mentioned cyber issues that could disrupt patient care. And as we've seen, ransomware has been a, a particular problem for many organizations this year. And I guess there's also fear that ransomware could uh, eventually impact how medical devices are used, You know, perhaps in even critical situations with patients. As an insurer, what are some of your worries in terms of cyber threats and emerging problems that the healthcare sector is facing and the impact it might have on insurers? The first part of that that I think about is, as a health insurer, we're very analogous to bank in some respects. So a lot of the information that we have lined up against individuals' health savings accounts, um, even though we may not manage or be the actual organization that holds the, the healthcare savings accounts ourselves, but the information is tied to those accounts, and there's you know there's real money tied to those accounts. So it's, it's sort of like another bank account that the bad guys are after. And so that's one of the importances of our information. And of course, we look at the use of medical information to perpetuate identity fraud for the purposes of getting healthcare services. You know, in, in a lot of ways, you know, individuals, the first time they find out that their information has been compromised is through an explanation of benefits. And so from a health insurer's perspective, it's important to us that we're protecting that information so that uh, individuals have access to the care that they they need when they need it and they don't run into a situation where they've and had somebody perpetuate fraud and and used up all their benefits or use their benefits in a way that is constricting to their own patient care. But then from the perspective uh, again of a health insurer, you know, we definitely want to um do what we can to make healthcare work better. And so when it comes to, you know, the cybersecurity of healthcare as it impacts patient care, I, you know, one of the things I'm very insistent upon is keeping a, a laser focus on how cybersecurity instills trust from our patient population. The ability of a patient who, you know, has an insurer or a provider that they can rely on keeping their information confidential really helps the patient care experience, the sharing of information with the provider at the point of care where they're not, you know, withholding information for fear that it'll be disclosed. And that degrades the patient care experience. They'll either 
get care they don't need. They'll get too much care that they don't need. But it's inefficient, and it's certainly not a good standard of care. So we want to make sure that the exchange of information within the provider and the patient relationship remains confidential, and we have to do our part in um, protecting that information. So I think in those three areas are primarily where, even as a health insurer, we, we share the same common view of, of cybersecurity as our provider communities. So now, Sean, your organization, Primera, was hit with a major cyber attack in 2015 that affected about 11 million individuals. You joined the company after that attack. So what did you try to instill into the company in terms of addressing any particular security weaknesses or areas that potentially contributed to that breach? I start with culture change. You know, in any organization, especially from a security perspective, awareness and training of the individuals at the desk is crucial. We've grown up in an industry where we've we've been taught that the end user is our single or our primary source of vulnerability. I like to flip that around to have people be our first line of defense, our first responders. So in terms of some of the specific vulnerabilities or specific threats against an organization, often your desk-level employees are the ones that see it first, whether it's a phishing attack or it's a social engineering attack. And when they're confident in using the tools that they use and they know how to report issues, they're, they're often the first people that see or hear something. So if they're bringing cybersecurity in at that time, you know, you have you have a better chance of finding and fixing things even outside of all the other technical and preventive controls that you have in place. Beyond just building up the culture around enterprise security and having security awareness and training really strong measures there, you also have to look at your complete security risk management program. And we've grown up again in an industry where we've talked about perfect protection and defense in depth and and honestly, you know, we all kind of have come to the realization that perfect protection doesn't exist and the bad guys are, are going to get through. And so we've really had to concentrate on detecting and responding as the next generation of, of security. So implementing things like continuous network monitoring and, and working with global cybersecurity partners on security operation centers that are 24 by 7, and having an incident response team in-house as well, complementing those, those kind of services, are also giving us a chance at having a mature security program and reducing the risk of not only somebody getting through the perimeter defenses, but if they do, you know, you find them and you remediate it before they can cause any real harm. And so that's kind of how I look at, you know, building a security program around those at least those three principles. And I I think going forward, you know, even the recovery aspect of security will become more and more important because getting business back up and running is is highly important as well. And finally, Sean, Primera wasn't the only health insurer that had a major cyber attack in 2015. The biggest was Anthem's attack, which resulted in nearly 79 million individuals being impacted. But since then, there have been other big attacks, including the recent Equifax breach. Is there a particular lesson that you think has emerged with the Equifax breach that you think the healthcare sector really needs to learn from? You know, my first response to that is uh, the lesson learned is to lean into data incidents as you own them. I don't think this is a 
is an opportunity to point fingers either internally or externally when you have a data incident or a data breach. You know, it's something that the organization has to step up and, and own and, and take care of the customers that are impacted first and foremost, and then attend to the other kind of reputational aspects of, of data breach. Preparing your own organization a reputation is, is really secondary to just taking care of the customers that are impacted because there there is impact. And so, you know, like I said about, you know, patient care, there's even at least a level of was my information involved in this. And so you have to get ahead of those questions and just assure customers of what what's going on. And so that's first and foremost. I, I think other lessons is that this typically is somewhat of a systematic and really big problem. I've heard some people describe it as we we forget that the institution that gets attacked is actually a victim. And so there's some truth to, we have to look at this as less about things that organizations are doing horribly wrong to say that the bad guys are really, really good and they do take measures to attack us. And yes, there are mistakes made and there are things that we can always do better. But looking at the, the problem from a, a a risk management and a systematic kind of view really helps to put this into perspective and not continually look for things to blame and do a lot of finger pointing because I don't think there are bad people working at these organizations that just maliciously don't do their job and, and there's gross negligence. I think there's more of a systematic view of the problem. Thanks, Sean. I've been speaking to Sean Murphy at Primera Blue Cross. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.